All right, welcome to Detroit Lions News. I'm your host, Joe Chapman. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff because, obviously, we heard that JMO got reinstated. We heard that uh, there's a lot of things that are happening. But first, Tyler, let's check in with you because, obviously, you have you have a good you have a good idea of what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, and yep, I'm on my on my phone on the way home right now. I uh, had a little bit of a uh, later day at the office. Had to knock out some policies here. But uh, yeah, checking in, man. Hang, can't hang out and talk football with y'all. I um, I like, man. I, I like it. It's dope. Jamo's back. Um, I think that there's a lot to talk about this episode. I think there's a lot of things to go over. A lot of comments. A lot of uh, like unknowns to kind of look at this week and to kind of understand and uh, digest and figure out. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, coming off um, a pretty dominating win. Um, last week against the pack was huge and um, just looking to ride that momentum. But yeah, man, I mean, they all of a sudden reinstated JMO um, after a missing four games. Um, and he's immediately back involved in our offense. And like I said, we're going to have a whole segment on JMO. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts and ideas. And I got some of mine to share. And yeah, man, let's cook this thing off right, baby. Well, let's just get to it because I think that's the leading story with this whole week because obviously we didn't break in with an emergency pod about the JMO situation. But what I'm trying to get to is what actually, you know, let's start where I really want to start. You know, I was listening to some Dan Campbell audio. I have some Dan Campbell audio queued up. I'm going to play that right now. This is one where he says he will be in the game. Yeah, we just got to see where he's at, you know, with football. I mean, this will be his first week back. And uh, so we'll take it every day. See how he does. So he's basically he's saying, like, we'll take it day by day. I want this is the expectation that I want you to really listen to because I got a really strong opinion on this. Uh, on that side of the ball that, that have come up big for us, you know who they are. But but no, I, I think that's just a met man. He just needs to come in and I'm not worried about him working, he will, and it's just about polishing all the little things and and uh we also know if he does play, he can't play 60 plays. That's not smart. So uh, we, we can't do that to him. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. And uh, it's all about improvement. No different than the rest of the team, man. Every week we just got to get a little bit better. He just needs to get a little bit better, and uh, and we'll take it from there. I take away from that is, so j- j- he's basically saying that JMO has to be like everybody else, and he's going to have to – be the type of player that the Lions expect him to be. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people are kind of like going off about like, okay, Jamo is going to get back into the offense. He's going to play it, you know, a lot. He's going to be that deep threat. But I am kind of questioning that if he even gets a lot of plays this week, because, you know, when he was, when, when Dan Campbell was saying that, you know, we want his routes to be polished. We want him to be polished. So that way he can get in there and not make mistakes. I think that was, like some of the things that you heard from people that are kind of out of the JMO camp. And those people are saying like, look, this guy needs to take it more seriously. Now there is one person in particular that I know I, that I could talk to Walt Stringer of the Detroit Lions news Avenue, a uh, Detroit Lions Avenue. Shout out Walt. What's up, baby? I love Walt, Walt man. Walt's the there. man, but Walt said something very, very interesting. And I think what Dan Campbell said about JMO, it kind of breeds light into what Walt was saying. Walt was saying, Look, this guy came from Ohio State, which is a, a known prodigy of wide receivers. You got Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. You got all these guys, right? And then you go to Alabama, where it's kind of like a you're the only guy on you're the only guy in that wide receiver room that's actually like besides uh, what was it John Mechie? But 
you there's all those guys, right? But the one thing that uh, Walt has always said, and I agree with him 100%, is when you watch Jameson Williams at Alabama, there were certain times where he wasn't the most precise route runner. He got by on athleticism alone. The problem with being doing that is when you're in the NFL, everybody's an athlete. You got people in your division that are athletes. Now, the Bears and the Vikings, they don't have any athletes that can cover you. So that's number one. Number two, and the Packers, they have Jari Alexander. And Jari Alexander is a phenomenal cornerback. But like if you look at like, okay, let's go, let's go to the Baltimore Ra- let's go to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they got good corners. Let's look at, you know, um, let's look at the Buccaneers, who you're gonna play in, in next week at 425, which they flexed that game if you weren't aware. Um Carlton Davis. You're gonna have guys like that. And this week you're gonna have, I think. You could have J.C. Horn or, you know, Dante Jackson. Those are pretty good corners. So what I'm trying to say is Walt has been saying this for a while, and I think what Dan Campbell said in that audio we just played is, look, he's got to earn it. He's got, he, he got to understand that he's not going to get by on just talent alone. He's going to have to get by on precise route running. And if you look at a guy in the locker room, Amirah St. Brown, the one thing that Amirah St. Brown does extremely well is he's a great route runner, and he's physical and i i need to see jameson williams be physical on that line of scrimmage against a corner like uh like a jari alexander someone who could press him really hard yeah and i and i can agree Uh, i agree with certain things you're saying i think the way i take dan campbell's comments are a little bit different i think i sort of think like i don't think he's worn out with jamo per se i think he's kind of just worn out with like the media circus this and that, like, there's always a story that it's everything's like he wants to be more of a team focused guy, and it seems like everything is like there's always a big story on JMO. He's suspended, he's hurt, he can't practice, he's this, he's that. Like, it's a lot of attention where he wants that to attention to go to the team because he's a team guy. Um, I don't necessarily, I, I think, you know, a lot of that stuff he's saying that he still supports him, he still supports him, and he has his back. But I can agree to a certain extent. There are some things of like, hey, we need to make sure that like, look, it's it's getting halfway through year two. Like we need to make sure some of these things are polished and some of these things are, um, you know, moving in the right direction and moving at the pace because like you're going to run into another Jeff Okuda situation. And, and what I say by that is not anything based off the talent or player alone, but like, hey, the first year he's hurt. Okay. The second year he doesn't get an off season. He comes in. You know, he, you know, Okuda was a little bit more of injuries, but it's still a high pressure coming from a top 10, top 15 pick. And you don't want to see where a guy never gets his legs, right? He never develops. He never gets a chance to like be that guy. Cause as of right now, I mean, JMO's only played like 72 career snaps. It's not enough to know what he is as a player. It's not enough to know what he is as a route runner or as a burner or as, or as a member of the organization. I think that Dan is, his patience is growing slightly thin, but almost more at just the circumstances, not necessarily at JMO himself, because I do think JMO is a team guy and a hard worker. I think he's misunderstood and he gets a lot of hate. Yeah. Um, and that's another point I want to bring up that, that you could, that you can bounce off and talk about this too, is that the guy's talking about, Hey, on my off days, I caught a hundred, a hundred uh, balls on the jug machine every day. And of course, without fail, there's people in the comments. Well, Amon Rod is 202. Oh, well, what does he do for the other 23 hours? Well, what does he do on his days off? It's like he does strength training. He does conditioning. He works out. He's lifting. He's, you know, he's he's running. He's staying in shape. Like he's talking with dietitians and trainers and he's studying the playbook. Like get off this guy's fucking nuts, man. Like yeah. 
he caught 100 balls a day on his off days. Just because he didn't catch a 202 like Amon Ra doesn't mean he's some sort of slouch or some sort of loser. Like, get off his ass. And, and hey, look, here's what I would say about this. Obviously, 100 balls is not a lot. I mean, it's really not. But I'm not gonna fault him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fault him for that. Right. And and everyone comparing uh, Jameson Williams to what Amari St. Brown does. Amari St. Brown is a different dude. Okay. He's a dog, bro. He's a straight different breed. Amari St. Brown might be one of the strangest people ever. Not in terms of how you know how he like. Successful people are usually strange. I mean, you can say Tom Brady is a little bit strange. You can say Michael Jordan, he, a little bit strange. He's obsessed with his craft. He's obsessed with working hard. He's they're obsessed. just obsessed with what they're doing. So, look, I don't think – you can't compare Jamison Williams to Amon Ross St. Brown. That's totally, that's totally just bull crap. But what I will say is this. I think a lot of people that are that don't like Jamison Williams, they have had their run because he hasn't been active as we thought he was going to be. I think a lot of people – who like Jamison Williams, I think a lot of those people also are kind of like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, like we want to see what he's able to do. And I look, I've been telling people from the get-go, if this guy comes in and he makes a mark on this team, you are going to be a legit NFC contender, maybe even a Super Bowl contender, because this guy will put you to the next level. Because one thing that the Detroit Lions really need in their game, we're going to be talking about a lot of like the stats, the quarter mark just happened. So we're going to be talking about that. But a lot of times what people are, don't really understand is like this offense is one player away from totally becoming a different offense. So if Jameson Williams can be that off that, off, that player, more power to you. And I don't care who, I don't care about the Jameson Williams detractors because they find every little fault about Jameson Williams. And I, I, I don't have the time for it, to be honest. I really don't. I, I don't have the time for the, the just the nonsensical takes. Now, what I will tell you is that I think that Jameson Williams can be better than he has been, obviously, because he has been hurt in the, in, in, with the gambling suspension. I just think that it's time to prove it because the Lions have proved that they can win without Jameson Williams, okay? So if Jameson Williams doesn't want to be Jalen Ragard, he better get on the bus. He better start playing, and he better start proving it himself to the team because I can tell you this right now. There's probably people in that locker room that are upset that he missed the games that he missed. Obviously, it wasn't his fault. He didn't understand the rules, whatever the case may be. But it's time to prove yourself because you are on a good team. There is no – there is no – there is no – there is no, you know, acclimation period. There's no acclimation period with this team because you are a three and one football team at the quarter mark. You are a good football team. And every you can take this 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 team from, you know, you can take it from good to great because of your presence and how fast you are and how you can get out of breaks and everything. And that's that's what I think, Tyler. All right, Tyler is a little bit busy right now. Yeah, but the the Jameson Williams thing is it's just it's just crazy to me. Hey, brother, sorry about that. No, I uh, totally agree. I was uh, I was had to stop somewhere on the way home and grab something. But yes, um, the 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 point that you're being, and I was just listening to what you're saying. The point of that being is like it, it, there is some sort of sense of like shit to get off the pot, right? Oh, hold up, hold up. Did you did you go and grab a fucking Slurpee? Yeah. <laughs> you're an asshole, and you didn't and you didn't. You, there's 24 people watching. And you didn't get them a Slurpee. Hey, 
Um, but uh, you know, hey, there's a Seven Eleven on my way home, man. I'm human, just like all oh, y'all. I like Slurpees. I like I like sodas. So, um, but I uh, I haven't even been home from work today yet, so I had to stop mm-hmm. and grab something before I hit hit home. But um, but yes, yeah, so there is like a sense of like, hey, shit or get off the pot, right? Like we're a we're a popular team that is on the up and up, and we're winning. So like, I am so like. I'm so like on the the teeter. Wait, hold up. We got we, we, we have the we have the most critical question to ask you. Jim Potter says soda. Did you get soda or Slurpee? This is a serious question. Well, I got soda. He's he must be saying it because I said I didn't say pop. I said soda, but uh, or one or the other. But man, I uh, I'm from Michigan, wow. but I've always said soda. Wow, can you believe this, guys? I think you know, we got to we got to do some investigation. That's on another podcast, but. Look, but I was but the uh, <laughs> but but the uh, but the, the the line I'm teetering on is that the uh, is the the Lions like they've slow rolled their guys to make sure they're ready. Yeah, but it's like for who and for what are you gonna slow roll and at what pace? Like I understand we're winning now and we have guys that can contribute now, but like I want to see guys on the field more. He's just he said too like oh we're not gonna see JMO at sixty snaps like that wouldn't be fair to him. Why the hell not? Like, I, yeah. I understand that he's been coming off an injury and he hasn't played, but, like, throw this guy out there and see what the hell happens. Like, see what a game plan looks like with JMO at 60 snaps, at 65 snaps, even 55 snaps. If he goes out there and he plays 12 snaps, I'm going to be fucking pissed off again. Like, I want to see what this guy can do during a full game. Here's what I will say about it, though. I will say this. I think that what the Detroit Lions have done, what their coaching staff has done has been very, very smart. And I'm, I'm going to be frankly honest. I, I have something coming out in the next couple of days. It's basically a, it's basically showcasing all the rebuilds in Detroit and how they're, how they're tracking and where they're, how good they could be. But one of the things I do like about the Detroit Lions and, and I do like about Dan Campbell is they don't throw their players out there that are not ready. And I think that if Dan Campbell... At what point does that become like, like harming... The de- development of some of these guys, like I've seen some guys get started, like Bijan Robinson. They didn't hold back for him, and he looks like a freaking like a well, Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson's a totally different animal. And I get that, and I get yeah. that, and I'm not like, like mean, everybody. Talking, don't there, don't take these was... comments and run with it. Like I'm some like I'm, I'm. I know that. I know he's different, but I'm saying like some of these guys, you just have to like release them to the wild and see what the hell. Happens uh, also, right also, now. Jim said it's pop. Just so you know. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool, Jim. I get that. I got you, bro. No, no, no. Hold up. I think it's very important that 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 they 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 don't throw their players in there too early. And let me explain because I think a lot of times what you see from young players, especially like you see it a lot in hockey and baseball, mostly. But it, but it's not the same as baseball because it's like that. That's just it's so different. It's so different. No, but I'm saying it, you see a lot in hockey and baseball where they throw someone in too early and then they don't become the player that they can become. With Jameson Williams, like, okay, if you're a winning team, right, and you throw – if if Dan Campbell throws him into the lineup, right, do you understand the flack that this, this fan base would go through if they lose to Carolina because Jameson Williams ran, a, you know, not a precise route and it led to a golf interception? Like that's the things that can happen, and that's prob that's that's reason number one that Dan Campbell has said the things that he said. You know he's got to do he's got to prepare he's got to be he's got to be good. He's we're they're not 
this is not the same old Lions, okay? Like, the same old Lions, you could throw a rookie in there. You could throw a guy who wasn't ready in there and say, go ahead and just, and just do it. But this isn't the same old Lions. Like, this is not the same old Lions. So to, for people to say, like, where's Broderick Martin? Well, Broderick Martin's probably not ready, guys. And where's Jamison Williams? Like, if you you just said Jamison Williams should play, uh, should get significant stamps, snaps. And I'm saying if he isn't polishing his routes, if he isn't making the right plays, he can't play because you are in a position where you are three and F and one. And if you continue to play well and you and, and, and you don't make the same mistakes, you're going to be golden. And I don't think Dan Campbell is going to throw a Jamison Williams out there to get lambasted by you. You know what's going to happen. Jamison runs the wrong route. You know what's going to happen? Oh, my God. This guy lost us the game. Oh, my God. Holy crap. Like the Jameson Williams hate crowd will be in the full force. It'll be the hater player ball. Yeah, no, and I totally get that. And I get protecting his confidence and protecting his future. It's like, but I just feel like there are guys too that get buried and they don't ever get like they don't ever get to be where they thought that they would get to. Like, like, look, I'm not comparing I'm not comparing when I say these things, I don't mean these players could be these players or whatever. I know that there's just special talents out there, right? But, like, you know, would these stars of today's stars be where they are had they gotten buried on some depth chart? I mean, you know, would you got – what if you – what if it took them, you know, two years to roll out Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or Calvin Johnson or these great generational talents? Like I said, not comparing players, but I also feel like it's important to get young guys out there that have immense crazy talent. It's not like Jameson Williams is a third or fourth or fifth or sixth-round pick. He is a top 15 pick, which means he was expected to come in, make an impact, and produce right away. So, like, you can, you know, he can, Dan can protect this guy, protect his confidence, protect his body, protect his mindset. But, like, and I'll even give him the first week or two to, like, acclimate him and stuff like that. But if by week, by after the bye week, if he's not playing 90% of the offensive snaps, it's not, it's bullshit. It's, it's, It's like, why draft a guy that, like, a lot of people with Jameer Gibbs. Why draft a guy if in the top 15 if you're going to run another guy 35 times? Oh, my God. I wish I, I wish I would have grabbed that. I wish I would have uploaded that clip that I, I got from uh, um, uh, uh, the, the like, Austin Eckler podcast. But Austin Eckler went into a great detail of why Jameer Gibbs isn't playing all the snaps. And it was a, it's an elegant breakdown. If you go on Detroit Lions News, you can see that breakdown. But, man, like when Austin Eckler was talking, you were kind of getting what – what's the gist of it is and to, to a lot of people it's not simple like it's right. not that simple it's a process because you know like let's be honest like jameson williams hasn't played a lot of football he really has if you think about it he played one year at alabama one year right he played six games well did he play six games he got 20 what do you get what do you get 26 snaps what do you get who james williams Oh, I think he's got he's probably got like 70-something snaps. Like, okay, he's got career. 70 snaps in the pros. He's got one year of in college. Like, he hasn't played enough. So, right. to say this kid is extremely polished, I think that they're – okay, I think his speed is obviously an elite attribute. But there is also attributes that you need to become an elite wide receiver. I think you look at Keenan Allen, you go, why is he so good? Runs great routes. Why is Amon Rysland Brown so good when he's not that big? He, he's always in the right place. He's so smart. And then look 
at like Sam Laporta. Like Sam Laporta came in and he is ready to go week one. Yeah. There's some players that takes a little bit of time for them to get going. And I get that. And like I said, I'm not mad yet about it, but I'm more toward leaning towards the crowd of like, let's get these guys in the damn game and let's see them what they've got. Uh, Brad just said wasn't just one year in college, right? Like okay, it was it was like he start he played in two total games. So do you count that? Uh, be my guest. I mean, he, yeah. he didn't I mean, play. But, but I mean, to be fair, he's been around team. He's been he's been around teams for you know in college. He for was sports. he was buried in the depth chart by Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith Smith the Jigba, and the best wide receiver coach in the country, Brian Hartline, didn't play him. There was a reason for that. But, I have but, but, I have but with but with that same mentality, like if you bury him on the pro depth chart, like we're never gonna see what he can be. You know what I mean? Did we draft a guy twelfth to be a gadget guy? I don't think they they're burying him. I think I think what you're gonna see is they want to ramp him up. I think you're gonna start to see some slow playing. I think uh, I don't. But think I thought that last year, and you know what? Every game that went on last year, I thought I would see more of Jamo, and he only got like ten snaps every game. Well, I, f- I feel like I feel like that was a maybe crucial he came part. Back a little early, maybe he came I feel back like, a little early. I feel like that was a crucial part of the year because you had to win literally every game uh, right. from there on out. So I thought that game, those games were so crucial. I don't think I don't think Dan Campbell was willing to risk it for the biscuit. If you, you know what I'm saying? But with J-Mo, like I think they're gonna slow play him for the first couple of weeks. Panthers, uh, maybe maybe against Buc- uh, the Buccaneers. But I think by the Monday Night Football game by Halloween, I think you could start to see his his usage really rapidly go. And I have this guy in my fantasy football team, so I'm hoping that I'm hoping that he just blows up. But I'm telling you right now, the way that Dan Campbell is saying it, I'm telling you right now, he is he's basically telling the fan base, look. We got to get him acclimated. We got to we got to get him on the same. He's page. not ready. He's not ready. He's not, is what he's he's not ready. Yeah, he's not, he's not ready. ready. So and and I could see where Dan Campbell is doing that because he's he's done that with a lot of players. I mean, look at James Houston last year. I mean, James Houston, a great pass rusher. He didn't he didn't come into like what the Buffalo game. So like that tells you everything you need to know about this Lions team. Like they really take it slow with their younger players. And if you're extremely polished, like Sam Laporta. You're gonna be you're gonna be fine. You're gonna you're gonna get some playing time. Hey, but I'm Jack- just saying. So so look, I know it's injury based, and I'm, this is kind of a halfway joke, but you're not gonna you're not gonna throw out your or you're not gonna throw in your 12th overall pick running back or receiver, but you're gonna put out a fifth round uh, fifth round rookie at right tackle. Nice, like makes sense. Okay, well that's 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 a completely different situation. They had no, uh, they they had Dan Skipper and he got hurt in that game too. So that that's not even the same situation. Uh, it just sucks. It just it it. I'm I'm very intrigued by this team though. To be honest, if we're gonna be totally honest with my with myself, because if you think about it, they've had they have no James Houston right now. They have no Josh Pascal right now. They don't have they have Kirby Joseph, no Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but they're continuing to win. I think. This team is what this coaching staff has been able to do with the players that they didn't expect to be playing as much as they're, they're playing. Like if you ask Dan Campbell before the year, would that if Atu Melifon would be playing more than Chauncey Garner Johnson? I'm pretty sure he would have been saying, right, no. But under the circumstances, Melifon would did a pretty damn good job. And listen, he's not. He's. I didn't think he did great, but is but uh, but 
is he was he a useful player? Yes, absolutely. And and now you're gonna get Kirby Joseph back. You hope. Is it, I know, just, I know. Is it just me, or is that was that game against the Packers like the most boring, high-scoring game? <laughs> I think it's because Montgomery got like eighty thousand touches. I didn't think it was boring. I just boring. thought that I I just I really I really liked it. I like I like the uh, when you when you're running the ball. Of course you do because you want running, like that smash mouth like you're just game. running it down their throats in Green Bay and every every carry the Green Bay faithful were like, oh my god, here we go again. Like look. I don't need a I don't need a game where Jared Goff is passing for 450 yards. Like I just want I just want to mentally abuse. I'm just a salt. I'm I'm a I'm a Gibbs uh, fantasy holder, so I'm salty. <laughs> so I just I just I, I like I, I understand it. Like for those people who are gonna like talk shit or like clown me or like bash me about I don't know football. I get what they're doing. I understand that they're ramping them up and they're taking their time. I just for the Lions to. Uh, to finally have some new shiny fun toys guys that can run 22 23 miles an hour and like be like have the chance to be like a Tyreek Hill or an Alvin Kamara like these guys that are just superstars that I grew up watching um you know into my adulthood it's like you know shit I want one of those new shiny cool toys I'm tired of seeing Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond catch you know, or get eight, nine targets a game. I want to see, I want to see J-Mo and Gibbs. I want to see the team at full speed. I want to see the team at full go. I want to see these guys doing end arounds and screens and, you know, deep balls. And I just, I want, I want to see the Lions put on a fun show. And I, I know that it takes time. And I know that that's not always equating to like winning football. You know what's fun, Tyler? But I'm excited. I'm what's, excited. What's, what's fun is winning. It what's is. fun is winning. It is. No, it no, is, but, I don't, but, I don't, but why? But why draft? Were you, why, uh, why wait, hold on, hold on. Were you having fun all, all those times they scored a bunch of points against Seattle and freaking Philadelphia and they lost? No, there's no one that was happy about that. Not one person was happy about that. But you guess what? They're winning. I don't care how they win. Just effing win. But you don't go buy. You don't buy. You don't go buy uh, Ferraris and Lamborghinis to stick them in the garage all summer. So, look, listen. If you live in Michigan, if you live in Michigan, you have to. There's certain situations. Not in the summer, baby. Not in the summer. Well, you're gonna you're gonna totally destroy those things with the potholes that we got in the state. I mean, you, you got to be kidding me, Tyler. Like these 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 Lamborghinis would absolutely get lambasted if they went on Hall Road. Right. I yeah. just uh, it, it's fun. It, it'll be fun. I, I'm just like I said. I I just want to see. I'm tired of and, and like I said, I'm not saying it out of ignorance. I know what we're playing winning football. I understand the situation. So all you Lions fans don't come at me sideways. All I'm saying is we finally have fun shiny toys. I want to see what the Lions offense look like looks like at full go. What does it look like and when I we have J Mo and Gibbs and we have these guys clicking and it's like we thought we think the offense is fun now. Let's see this shit at full go. All man. right, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. The people out there, if you're in the comments, you can give me your, your uh, idea too. What if this guy needs to get it together? Troy's doing their thing. All right, Derek, let's just go draft some more guys in the top 12 to just uh, stick them on our bench and just not like not play them. Fuck it. Let's just give up our first round picks the next three years. Fuck it. Huh? What, what, do you, what do you say? He's saying, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get it. Or this night, that guy needs to get it together. Detroit's doing their thing as if I'm not happier, like supportive that we're winning but yeah fuck it let's just give away there, our free you, there you go tyler you're, you're pissing people off now let me, get the, let me get no we're just gonna give up our first round picks next three years oh, just not even draft oh, the guy. you got him started you good. got him started dave it's all good now look let me ask you a question tyler and all the people in the comments you can comment below we'll read your comments in a minute just let me uh get to them um 
I want to ask you a question. If they still play Jamison Williams, and at the end of the year, the Detroit Lions offense takes off to be something way bigger, way better, and when you go into the playoffs, that's when you're hitting your stride. Is that something that you would be, you could say, okay, I see what was going on right there. Because I, I, I tend to think, I tend to think, and I have a good idea of some things because last year I called Aaron Glenn uh, uh, turning it around and them going on a run. I didn't think they go eight and two, but here we are now. I, yeah, go. I, no, I, I, Derek, I see your comment. It's all love, man. I'm just getting riled up. I'm just, I'm talking football. You know how it is, man. We get all, we get all heated and riled up. It's all love, man. I appreciate you listening. Um, what, what the point of that, I guess, is, is like, look, they're, they're making up like, I, it's not that okay, I don't, great. it's not that I don't okay. see it or understand it, but it's like, I see a lot of teams that are drafting these guys of high need, right? They're drafting DTs. They're drafting edge rushers. They're drafting corners. They're drafting things of actual need. If we're drafting these premium luxury, like shiny toy positions, like wide receiver and running back, especially very early, I want them to, to make an impact early and often. And you guys can cut, like you guys can chew into me and lay into me for all you want about that. But like, if we don't go that route, then like, why the hell didn't we just go get Jalen Carter? Why didn't we, you know, keep our spot and try to use another couple other picks, future picks, to, to trade up and get Laporta and Branch? Well, I love Laporta and Branch. Well, I love them. Great players. But don't go draft your luxury, premium, shiny toy, fast speed guys that you don't really need if you're not going to get them acclimated quickly because we got we could sure as hell use a DT right now. Well, Walt brings up the you, same You point. see where I'm coming from, though, a little bit? No, you kind of see my I, point of view? Walt, Walt. Brings up the same point from the Lions Avenue, and he brings up the same point. And I think a lot of people bring up the same point, like, okay, why'd you draft these guys if you're? And and my point to that is simply, okay, yeah, you like, like you want them to play at the, you want them to play right away, okay? But that's not the reality of things, okay? I think a lot of times with fans, they totally just they totally gloss over, okay? There's a lot of people that do this they don't see the full picture of what the possibilities and what the negatives are to a situation. For instance, when Dan Campbell was in new Orleans, he's seen how they used Elvin Kamara when he started, they seen right. how he used Elvin Kamara when they started Christian McCaffrey. It's the same usage rate. Now they still ramp it up at the end of the season, I believe, but you're just trying to, you're trying to like, you want to get Gibbs enough touches to where like he knows exactly what he's getting himself into every Sunday, but then you want you want tape of him not making the right read or not doing the, the little things that you that a lot of fans gloss over. Like for instance, like I remember in baseball, right? There was a there was a third baseman, uh, I forget it, forget his name. Oh, Austin Riley from the Braves, and the Braves are uh, absolute wagon right now. I remember one thing they, they 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 slow played Austin Riley for for a couple like months, right? And Austin, and the one thing about Austin Riley was he couldn't get the ball out of the ball out of his glove fast enough to get it to first. And that's what they that's that's what the Braves really wanted. And I think that's happened with the Detroit Lions because I think what they're looking at is like, okay, maybe uh Jameer Gibbs doesn't do this correctly, but we think that if he gets enough, you know, if we coach him enough, he'll get better at he, at him. Yeah, no, I, uh, so, so you guys, just to give you like a frame of reference, like I'm, uh, like for those who are watching live, I, I, I uh, have to record on my, go on my phone because my laptop for some reason doesn't connect to StreamYard, which I don't know why. It's kind of annoying. Now, I don't know who this is because it's, it was, it was sort of group, but I like this guy. 
he he really understands it. He goes, patience is a virtue. Take it game by game. And yes, they will start to hit their stride the last half of the season, running the Shirley toys and plays. Chemistry is everything. And I tell you what, chemistry is so important. And you, and you hear Jared Goff talk about it all the time, uh, especially with Sam Laporta and Amara St. Brown. He was talking about how, you know, he has that chemistry with Amara. He's starting to gain that chemistry with Sam Laporta. If you're not playing Sam Laporta in your fantasy leagues, you are out of your mind. Ooh. Now. Well, there's a lot of guys that are like, hey, let's go get Mike Evans, right? Let's go get a bigger receiver, right? Um, I just want to know what we have in JMO. That's all I want. Like, that's what frustrates me. And, and, and I know it's because of him, right? Like, well, the injury wasn't. But, like, he gets suspended for gambling, which you can have your own opinions on that, but it happened, right? Kind of bullshit, but it happened. But, like, I just want to see, like, what we have in him. Can, can he be a 65-snap guy? Can he be a guy that gets 11, 12, 13 targets a game or at least 6, 7, 8? Can he be a guy that gives a slash line of 70, 1110? Like, like what can he be? Because I don't really know. It's so like, so it's frustrating um, to see as a fan, but like, I want to like, I just want to see what he can become before like we have these ideas and these notions that we need to go get a Mike Evans or, you know, a big name guy um, out there a receiver because, um, and I guess I'm not, I'm not more, I'm not like arguing, I guess, really with you anymore. At this point, I'm just saying like I'm excited and I'm ready to see what this turns into because it's a big question mark. People either they love they love JMO and his potential, or they absolutely freaking hate him and they want to tear him down with everything. I'm saying let's give the get a, let's give the kid a chance. Let's see what he can do. Let's throw him out there a little bit, see what happens, see what sticks, and then then we kind of know where to go from there. Because if he goes out there and he just lays a big shitter and he just stinks. The rest of this year and all the half of next year, there's going to be some discussion, some discussions that are going to be had to be made. This might be a wasted pick. Well, if he goes out there and, like you said, he gets slowly ramped up, he gets acclimated. There's chemistry, and I do, I do see your point of view from that. And he hits the stride, he's doing his thing. Then everybody's going to be happy. And you know what? The people that were shitting on him aren't going to be doing that anymore. So I understand where you're coming from. It does take time and carefulness, and you want to do it the right way. I'm just, I'm just super like ready to see what the hell this guy is. I think everybody it's is. the biggest excited. question mark, man. It's the biggest question mark on our team. I think everybody is excited to see what he can become. Now, I, I want to read something from, uh, I, I've, I don't want to push his name, is Jesus or Jesus or whatever. Uh, with Jameson coming back, yeah. what are the thoughts on Marvin, on Marvin Bye. Jr.? Bye. See you, Marvin. Goodbye. You suck. Goodbye. Now, I think I think it's going to depend on a couple uh, things. Um, I think I don't King know. gets a cold this year, man. Well, here's the thing: I, I I don't like to take four games and 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 use it as like a whole entire season. Maybe maybe there's a guy on injured. Maybe there's a guy they put on injured reserve to keep Marvin Jones on the roster. I think Marvin Jones can be useful. I know he's had a rough start to the year because he really has. But you know I think what you could do. You could take who's that? Uh, who's that uh, kick returner we signed for the first time? Um, Khalil Dorsey. Khalil Dorsey, yeah. I could see like, hey, let's we can move Khalil Dorsey to practice squad, yeah. and we could do Khalil Raymond to kick and punt return. Yeah, and then yeah, you Marvin add There's you, some you flexibility. Could, you could definitely do that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things you could do with the roster situation. I, I really don't think that they're gonna minus a wide receiver. That's just my opinion, and I think that that wide receiver room needs an older statesman, if you know what I'm saying. Dude, I'm so, like, over – like, 
And when I say out of there, man, like out of the rotation, you can keep him on the edge as a fringe guy for a mentor. Marvin's a good dude. He's a really good dude. He's got, he's yeah. done a lot for Detroit. He's a really good guy. His 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 family has roots. Like I mean, eventually, 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 you're gonna need him though. Uh, that's my opinion. Maybe, but you're like gonna, you know, you know this how this season goes. Like I mean, if I, I mean, Anurag hasn't practiced the last two days, so it's tough need- because we have a you have a guy who's like older that like isn't very fast, cannot catch very well, cannot run very good routes, like. And all the chemistry he had when he was here was with Stafford. Like he doesn't. Really, I, I mean, get, I get what I get. What you're saying, like, like he, he isn't what he once was, but when he when well, he, he doesn't was, really do anything good anymore, which sucks. He, I mean, like he's that great guy, great mentor. I'd like to keep right. him around as an extra body just to kind of be around these guys. Like I think he's a good idea to be around JMO, you know, and and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, maybe he gets together. I'm rooting for him. I like Marvin. He's a good dude. So. You yeah. will, brother. You will. We'll get you on here one time. That's the Den, the Detroit home tail- tailgates. They're good people. Um, he said, where's the invite? Well, it's their, the invite's in the mail. Um, <laughs> we have uh, – oh, this this is a comment I wanted to give. David Bar- Barrett, uh, Barnett. He says, how much impact will J-Mo and Iman Mosley uh, on their respective sides of the ball? And I want to bring that up, Tyler, because I think there's a lot of people – especially Lions fans, they love to have their whipping boy. And I'm going to caution people, do not be Toronto Maple Leaf fan. And what I'm saying is, do not drive these guys out of town that actually do a damn good job in the role that they're not really supposed to play. Jerry Jacobs was not supposed to be the second-string quarterback. He was not supposed to play outside of uh, Cameron Sutton. But guess what? He's stepping into the role. He's got one of the best uh, completion percentages with the way he's getting targeted. They don't target Cameron Sutton anymore. Yeah. This guy, they, they don't target. I watched. I watched the film. I watched the film. Right. I'm watching Patrick Mahomes. He is. He has some dead to rights with Cameron Sutton. Right. Dead to freaking rights. And guess what he does? He passed it to Kadarius Tony. Why? Because Cameron Sutton had a little beat on that ball, and he knew yeah. it. And then Patrick yeah. Mahomes knows it. I mean. Can you imagine if little Bryce Young, who can't even see over the line of scrimmage, just throws a gopher ball right to Cameron Sutton? It's going to get picked off. Yeah. Like, uh, no, Cameron Sutton's been an absolute dog. I think that I'm honestly more comfortable, like, slow rolling Mosley because our secondary yeah. played great. So when he gets acclimated and up to speed, that is going to be such a big well, I don't think you. I don't think you can throw him in necessarily. No, no, I, I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people probably would love to throw him in and, and get him acclimated really quickly, but when I when we talk about it all the time on the podcast is like, uh, like it, when Emmanuel Mosley does come, does come back, he, he, he had a pretty nasty ACL tear. Um, well, he's, if you look at his, his career history, I mean, he's had he's had a lot of injury trouble. Yeah. So, and I like Mosley. I think it's a good signing because we got him for a good deal. Yeah. I think that like later down the stretch, if we can hold down the fort. When you get to a point where Jerry Jacobs can be your third string or fourth string corner like he's supposed to be, he's going to shine even more because, like, that's – like, right now he's playing out of his mind when he's not a CB2. Like, no. and I'm not saying Jerry Jacobs is bad. He's just he's just not necessarily CB2 material in the league. Like, but what you, what, you, what you want out of your guys that are bad? But he's holding it down and he's playing – like, yeah, fringe, he is playing fringe CB2 yeah. ball. So, like, when what, he what, when he's but, what I'm saying though is what you want out of your guys like that are backups is like can they step into the into that position and can they even be remotely satisfactory? And besides all the hate that Jerry Jacobs gets for some unbeknownst reason, 
one of the things I can definitely say is that when he stepped in for Emmanuel Mosley, I don't think that he expected to step in at the second string cornerback position, but he did. And he's doing a pretty damn good job because his completion percentage, if I I'm gonna if I could read it right, his completion percentage uh, against <clears throat> let me pull it up right, right now. His completion percentage against is on 36 targets is 63%. Yeah. So if you think about it like that, that's not that bad. Now, Brian Branch, who everyone loves, 23 targets, 69.6%. And Cameron Sutton, he's got 18 targets a whole year, and he's at 50%. And yeah, I, I went back and watched some of those all, all 22 film, uh, Tyler, even though my internet is absolute garbage. No. Dude, mine lately too because like like I said I can't I can't sit on the pod with you guys on my laptop that's why sometimes you see me moving around because spectrum I just to, I, spectrum I just had to plug my phone in so I'm using my uh my phone data because when I put my laptop on and I go to Streamyard it just gives me circles and circles and circles and circles so I apologize I know some people had some smirky sly comments to say on the last video I'm trying my best to be here be uh be available for you guys like I said I'm on my phone so it's not the perfect quality so I apologize but um but just. Outside of that, yeah, screw Spectrum and their dog shit internet. But outside it's of that, um, but like I see, I see things with this team that I didn't see last year, and that yep. is, there are guys that are stepping up that weren't that that just there. Like last year, we're relying on Will Harris. We're relying on some of these um, guys to just be something they're not. Yeah. Um, and like when you get like, dude. I cannot stress enough, and I know you feel the same way, and most fans do. I cannot stress enough how big of a deal that Cam Sutton has really been. I know yeah. it's obvious, and I know people will talk about it, but like I, I'm talking about if there's one guy that's like almost completely like reshaped our entire secondary, it's him. Oh, it's him for sure. Like it's, no, it's, it's I don't. I don't think people really realize how how great he's been. And I went back and watched all twenty two of the last. Well, look the at how much worse the Steelers games. defense got without him. Yeah, well, I, well, this is the thing. I I seen Geno Smith look at Cameron Sutton and go, "Holy shit, I gotta go this way." And I watched Patrick Mahomes go, "Holy shit, I gotta go this way." Like I've watched two of the better quarterbacks like this, that you this played. This guy's like Jalen Ramsey and fools, bro. He's, and he's, he's shutting he's down. He's he's literally shutting down one side of the field, yeah. and. The scary part about this is when you get a guy like Herbie Joseph, who is a ball hawk back, when you get Chauncey Garner-Johnson potentially back at the end of the season, like, can you imagine what's going to happen when quarterbacks are going to have to throw into windows that they don't want to throw into? Yeah. Like, you're going to force them into some some tricky situations. That's why, you know, we're at the quarter mark of the season, Tyler, and we, this is what we were talking about, but what's your overwhelming takeaway of how, like what's, what's the biggest takeaway you got from this team right now? I know you said the defense, but what, what's the main yeah. takeaway you got? So so I want to do, and we can kind of roll this into what we want to go into next, kind of just going like quarter, like check marks, like yeah. uh, like quarter season check marks. We're 25% through kind of wanted to talk about the coaches, some of the players, some of the situation yep. as of all right now, I think we are, I think the fans had really high hopes to begin the season. And I think we're right on, right on par with that. There are some times that some teams just have our number, right? And like, and that's gonna happen, right? Like, there's, um, like I, I, so my family, we grew up Colts fans and stuff because a lot of my family's from Indianapolis, and somehow, some way, the like the Jags, and like some of these teams were just straight like dog shit, but like they just had their number all the time. Like I remember Peyton Manning, like the um, the like the Jets and the Steelers, like seemed to always have his number in the playoffs, like. 
Um, there's just sometimes there's some teams that just have your number and Seattle for that is, is, uh, is a team that just has our number. So I think no matter, cause I think a lot of people had us maybe losing or like fringe, uh, win lose against the chiefs. I think if somebody said, Hey, the lions are three and one during the first four games of the season, that's about what fans like hoped for. I don't think anyone was unrealistic to be like, Oh, we're going to be four or five and oh in the first five weeks. Listen, doesn't matter how or who against we got those wins. The fact that the first quarter of the season we're three and one and we are a winning football team and we're doing things the right way. Yeah. That is positive to me. And I really like that. I mean, I, uh, you know, some of the standouts, you know, defensively, Anzalone, Sutton, Jerry Jacobs, all playing really good ball. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, which as a, like, like someone who doesn't pay attention, they only watch box score. They'll say, Oh, well, he hasn't been getting sacks. He hasn't been getting sacks. This dude is like, I, I want to say he's, like top five in the league in pressures. Yeah. Like yeah. he's getting to the quarterback early and often. And um, it's just about polishing that, you know, the, with some moves and some technique. Um, but, you know, and then just our, like our, our run defense as a whole. I mean, dude, we are, we've allowed like what, 272 yards of rushing in the first four weeks. Something and like I want to we're number, we're number one in the league. So and I, I want to say last player. year at the time we were at like 566. So that means we literally got twice. We got we doubled our talent on the on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to um, stopping the run. We are doing twice as good as we were last year. So um, yeah, man. I mean, guys are improving. Like I said, special shout out to Anzalone, Sutton, Jacobs, um, and and Hutch. Man, there we've got kind of these guys in different areas of the field that are really locking it down, holding it down. So um, at the at the quarter point. At the quarter point mark, defensive stats. This is a, this is a defensive. Oh, and Brian set. Branch. Someone, uh, yeah. Dewan just said, "Don't forget Brian Branch, baby." I didn't forget Brian Branch, man. I never forget Brian Branch. He's a dog, man. He's he's straight up like he's a he's a beast, man. So he's defensive stats uh, for the season right now at the quarter mark. Okay, tell me if you these were your expectations or you, they're above your expectations. Points per game, thirteenth, twenty point eight. So you're you're top fifteen in the league. Defensive yards allowed 280.5. You're fourth in the league. Passing yards per game allowed 17th with 219.8. When I get to the rushing yards, you're going to be like, okay, that's why. Rushing yards per game allowed first 60.8. Completion percentage against ninth, which is pretty damn good. That's really good. That's top 10. Uh, Sacks, six. And then you go to the offensive side of the ball. Points per game, 25.26.5. That's eighth in the in the in the NFL. Yards gained per game, eighth with 366.6 yards per game. You passing yards per game, eighth, 249.9. And then rushing yards per game, 10th with 136.5. I have to tell you, I think a lot of people when we got into the season, they I don't think they expected how good this team would be at the quarter mark. Because if you look at this team right here, with all the stats that I just laid out, this is a top NFC team. It is no matter how no matter how you slice it. Now there are some teams I look at and I go, "Oh my god!" Like if 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 we got to Seattle Seahawks, if we got to Seattle Seahawks, that would kind of worry me. The, there's only two teams I'm legitimately scared about, and that's the Niners and the Eagles. See, I, the Eagles are, are kind of uh, – they don't scare me as much. Now, the 49ers, they scare the hell out of me because, 
I feel like the Lions do have the offensive line the same as their offensive line. I feel like the defensive lines, I think you can give the edge to the 49ers. Their linebacker core is really good. The secondary might be a little bit better on Detroit side. But, like, man, that game would be a – it would be well, – you know, and, and Brock Purdy's the uh, first among all QBs in tight window throw percentage. So, yeah. if, you know, if we're locking guys up, um, it doesn't matter. This guy's throwing in super tight windows. I mean, Purdy, like, a, you know, Brock, Brock Purdy's that doing his thing, man. That guy's a, such a dog, dude. No, he is. He's doing his thing. He's like, he's, like the new, he's like the new era Tom Brady, bro. He's doing his what thing. Would, what would scare the hell out of me with the matchup with the 49ers, though, if you, if you went that far, is – who the hell is going to guard Christian McCaffrey? Because at this point in time, he's like that techno bull Bo Jackson. Like right. it doesn't no, he, matter. Good, man. It doesn't matter what you do. He's like white Jesus. And, and Dewan in the comments says CMC is a God. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he can walk on water in San Francisco Bay, but Holy crap. He's open all the time. He's like, really good, man. He is really he is, good. He is what Meyer is to the San Francisco Bay. He's open all the time, twenty four <laughs> hours a day. No, he no, he is he is. You're, you're what what I think you want to do when you face a team like that. If it comes to where we play the 49ers in the playoffs, it's not about who can shut down McCaffrey. It's who can stop him from going berserk, right? Can we <laughs> like if if we hold him to like eighty five yards rushing, that is a win. If we hold him <laughs> to one touchdown, that is a win. If we hold him <laughs> to four catches. That is a win. Like, you got to, like, some guys, you just have to, you cannot defeat them. You can only hope to contain them. And CMC is having, like, an MVP type of year. Um, so, I think most players and coaches know that. So, it's not about, hey, can we shut this guy down? It's about, hey, can we not let this guy go for 200? <laughs> no, like, can we just, like, limit it some? You know, you know what that brings me back to? And, and you're going to know this because you, you have season tickets with the Pistons. But I remember Dwayne Casey before a uh, uh, Pistons Bucks game. He he talk, we was talking about Giannis, and he goes, he goes, yeah, we can hope and pray that we we hold him. And then flash flash in the pan, this guy's got thirty eight in the third quarter. You're like, holy crap! Like what? I, what happened to the hope and praying? You you got to do something. But yeah, Christian some guys Mc... some guys it just don't matter, dude. So, if you're, Christian you're a dog, McCaffrey you're a dog. scares the hell out of me, especially if you got him matched up against Alex Anzalone. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't or, know, man. We'll get listen. We'll cross that when we get. We'll there. cross we'll that cross bridge that. when we get there, but. And I, what I'm trying to say though is like, I think a lot of people didn't think they'd be as good as they are, the Lions are right yeah. now, and I think the Lions are a legitimate NFC contender. And if you look at the NFC, like who scares you? It's a giant. It's a, it's a 49ers, not the, the Giants. Giants. The Giants no. suck. It's the it's it's, <laughs> it's the Forty Niners and the Eagles. And a lot of people can bring up the Dallas Cowboys, but let me just tell you this about the Dallas Cowboys: when they get to when they get to uh, January. They turn into the biggest chokers you have ever met in your entire life. They, let me just tell you what the Dallas Cowboys are for all you people that are out there. The Dallas Cowboys are the equivalent of if you went to a cheap strip club. That's what the Dallas Cowboys are. They might be pretty on the surface, but they are ugly as hell when you get them in the back room. Right. Now, yeah, no, man. Like, I, I mean, like, you just gotta worry that Micah Parsons doesn't like kill Jared Goff. Like, like, I, I love, man. I don't want Goff to like, man, wake up with two broke legs and a broken spine because that dude, uh, Micah Parsons, is a nasty, nasty dude. Well, man. you know what? We got, we got the big sim. We got the big Hawaiian. You know, like, yeah. look, look, look. We got Penai Sewell. I, I love Penai Sewell. I think that, um, I think over. 
the last couple of like the you know he's been here two years now going on three years now imagine that uh and he's just been so good to this for this team and i think that pin pin being on the other side of taylor decker i think it's just been it's made this line so much better yeah and I think that Penn Sewell, like a lot of people go, why didn't the Lions pick Micah Parsons? Well, I could, I could give we you. We still have a, we still have a future All Pro. It's not like we drafted some. Well, flowers. I always tell people that I always tell people like sometimes you get Micah Parsons if like let's say the Giants drafted Micah Parsons is is he the same player? I mean, you could potentially say no. Right. But I Micah mean, maybe, but probably Micah not. Micah Parsons went to a great situation where he yeah. had the Marcus Lawrence on the other side. Yeah. You know, he had some good pieces in, on, in the linebacker core. So he just had to go get the quarterback. And Micah Parsons, he, he is this generation's uh, Lawrence Thomas, in my opinion. Lawrence Taylor, like, you mean? Yeah, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. What did I say, Lawrence Thomas? Lawrence Thomas. Who, else, yeah, who he, the hell is Lawrence Thomas? He, he's a he's a mixture of Zach Thomas and Lawrence wait, Taylor. Wait, wait, Lawrence Thomas. Wait, no, Lawrence Thomas was a Michigan State fullback. Um, <laughs> he played for the Jets for a little bit. No, yeah, not he, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. No, we don't. We no, don't he, talk no, about... he, he, I see, I see the comps, and he is a beast, man. And um, but that gives me to like wrap it back up to the point, like first quarter of the season, like I gotta give your, I gotta give you some props. Aaron Glenn is figuring it out. Aaron no, Glenn is dog, looking. My dog, my dog, Aaron Glenn. <laughs> my dog, Aaron Glenn. We'll see. We'll see what the, the, the. But you know what? What I did like about him, and I, I, and I always said that he, like, I hope that he turned it around. What he did that he finally did that made me happy was that he went actually back to the drawing board after Seattle, and he was like, "I'm not getting embarrassed again. I'm gonna nope. create some stunts, some blitzes. We're sending the house." We're getting to the damn quarterback. The way he played, the way he played Kansas City is the way he should have played Seattle. And I think what he happened in that with this with Aaron Glenn and with Seattle, well, I think like, he had, look at us against the Falcons, like he was. I think, he was. I think what happened though, this, if okay, when I watched all twenty-two film, the one thing I took away from that, Tyler, and we're going through the first quarter of the season, so I, I can go back on that Seattle game. The one thing I took away from that whole thing was in the first game. Aaron Glenn was pressing the hell out of the Kansas City Chiefs. The third game, right. he was pressing the hell out of the Kansas City, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. The fourth game, he was pressing the hell out of um, the Packers. He didn't press the, the 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 Seahawks. And I think the reason for that was he didn't want to get beat with Tyler Lockett, with Najigba, with uh, D.K. Metcalf. But like we just said with Christian McCaffrey, like being scared is not the way to play. Sometimes you have to get up on these guys. Now, we all know DK Metcalf, he has a temper. He has a very unique temper. Now, he has the deepest damn voice I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, he's like, hey, man, like, we good. Now, he has the deepest voice I've ever heard in my entire life, and he scares the hell out of me because of, like, how big he is and all six-pack and everything. Nope, 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 nope. I don't want to go with him at LA, but defending him, you make him – you. You just be the biggest pain in the ass in the world. Well, you, you have to get guys like that off tilt, right? Like yeah. you've got to like, like when you're going against like your your big time stars, like you got to do something, man. You got to like, you got to throw off their mojo, their vibe. You got to you got to get them, you know, get in their head, get them pissed off. Now, not that poking the bear is not always the right thing to do if you're that guy, right? See, that's uh, why Emmanuel Forbes poked Emmanuel Forbes poked AJ Brown. AJ Brown is that guy, right? So like, don't poke the wrong guy. But like DK, I kind of feel like you could poke him a bit, and it, he's more likely to get on tilt than he no, is. No, like I think I think if you watch, if you watch DK Metcalf, he he doesn't like getting poked. 
So he's one of those guys that, like, if you get to him, you can get to him pretty badly. And, and you usually know the players that that can do that. So yeah. I, I just think that they should have applied pressure at the line of scrimmage for those wide receivers. Yeah. They gave no, him way no, too much time. And, and, and just – I was just yeah. say, just watching the rest of the, how the season plays out. I mean, we still – we're going to go against the Raiders, the Saints, the Panthers. Like, we're going to go against, like, a banged-up – or do we play the Rams this year? No. No. no, we uh, it confused me because we played the Seahawks, but we just played the Seahawks. We played the NFC West yeah, last, West, uh, yeah. last year. Um, but we're gonna go. We're you know we're gonna be going up against a really weak NFC South. You know we're gonna be going like, up against these guys where we can start stacking. We're gonna be going against the Broncos. You know we're gonna be are, so so the, the season's favorable for us. I think the harder part is the first. You know the first four or five the games. First, where, the first half is the hardest part. Because you got to go to you got to go to Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is a, a much tougher team than people realize. Yeah, I think you going to go into to, Baltimore is going to be hard. You have to go to Baltimore. That's tough. Uh, going to LA where they have no fans. That's going to be tough because Justin Herbert is a god. Uh, and then uh, I do I fear the Vegas Raiders. But well, listen, I'm not worried not. about the Chargers because they got one man who stands in the way of them oh, getting a real the, win. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get to it. The MVP, Brandon Staley. Now, Brandon Staley, you knew it, bro. You know, <laughs> Tyler, did you watch the did you watch the Bears game last week? I did. No, okay. they played the uh, they played the Raiders last week. No, they played the Broncos. It no, was the are, toilet bowl. Oh, are you you're yeah, talking yeah, about the Bears bowl. and Broncos? I thought you were talking about the Chargers. My bad. No, no, yeah, no. Bears the, and the Bears yeah. and the Broncos. Yeah. Yep. I thought Matt Eberflus did his best Brandon Staley like thing ever. This guy goes for it when they could have kicked a field goal to go up. What the uh, hell? Like what? Like. You have Justin Fields, bro. Like, he's just had the best game of his life. You know what's you... crazy, though? Brandon Staley's done that twice, and he got lucky and won both games. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what are you? Like, this guy thinks he's the shit now. He thinks he's got these big, big nuts, dude. He thinks he's it, dude. And it's well, like, you know what? I think every coach is looking at Dan Campbell saying, God, I want to be Tamp- I want to be Dan Campbell. And then Brandon Staley's like trying to be Dan Campbell, and he is not Dan Campbell. First of I all, just, I, I, I give the Lions I give the Lions a win at first LA of all, just because, those, of, just because those, of Staley. First of all, those traps have a wireless signal, okay? So, like, Mr. Dan Campbell is going to be like, this wireless signal is going to be like, beep, beep, beep. Like, he's, it's going to go off when he knows how to go for it. That's Look what he did in Kansas City. But Dewan said uh, Tampa Bay is a shock, so I actually want to address this really quick. I almost don't think so. And the reason I'm saying that is because I still they have most of their Super Bowl roster yeah. intact. I yeah. understand it's Tom Brady's Tom Brady. But, like, now – don't bur- like burn me alive on this one, but listen, Baker Mayfield was a number one overall pick for a reason. Yeah. I also think the Browns organization is not like there. There's a reason they have never really been a win- winning organization. Yeah. I don't really like seven Kevin Stefanski as, as a coach. Right. I don't, I don't, th- I think the Browns is an organization. I think they're getting carried by, they have a lot of star talent. They've got miles Garrett. They've got Nick Chubb. They've got an elite line. Um, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. They've got yeah. they had Nick Chubb. I mean, I know Chubb and Conklin are both out for the year now. But like they uh, you know, Denzel Ward, like they just have so much talent because they've sucked so much ass the last like, you know, forever. So they they're continually picking in the top five. Maker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. So I think that he's finally getting a chance to actually play some real ball for a pretty decent organization. Yeah. Um so like, yeah, it's a shock because we're not used to seeing that. But I mean, is it though? You know, like no, we no, we can't I go think, in there thinking that that's a W. I think Tampa Bay I, will be a tough game. 
I think Tampa Bay is a tougher team than people realize. Like, I yeah. think, like, I think when they look at Tampa Bay on surface, they're like, all right, Baker Mayfield's a quarterback. Eh. Their 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 offensive line isn't that great, eh. but they have great perimeter rapid weapons. And Rashad right. White, the running back, he's been decent. But, but, but like we talk about players going to different situations, like would, would Mahomes be Mahomes if he was with the Bears? No. You know no, what I mean? Not. Like, hey, you, you got to be in the right position in the right organization and the but, right team. But that defense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have, that's that's a really good defense. I like the players like Vita Vea, uh, Shaquille Barrett, uh, Devin White, Levante David. They got some great players on that yeah. defense. So uh, there's it's no shock to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers be as good as they are. If they, if they, if they like snuck, quote unquote, for those of you who can't see me, if they quote unquote snuck into the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. No, nah, I wouldn't want to play. I mean, they're either. they're the they're the favorites right now. I believe to win the god awful NFC South. Um, it's See, that, them and the Saints. Just, that, it just depends that, on how the Saints play. That division is going to be so. It, that division is the weirdest division ever. It's going to be like that year when the Seahawks made the playoffs and they were like six and ten or seven and nine. Because that, 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 <laughs> you remember that, that? You remember that? You got you got we got to talk about Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is awful. That's number yeah, one. He stinks. He's awful, and and uh, and, and and it's like. At the well, and if you're not gonna and if you're not gonna use Kyle Pitts, will you get my like? Will you get my homie out of there, bro? Like, you know who would be great in in uh, Atlanta? I'm dead serious when I say this. I was thinking about it yesterday. Uh, I was watching some of the Chicago Bears uh, Broncos game. I just wanted to rewatch Fields? it. Fields, yeah. If Fields was in if Fields was in Atlanta, tell me that would not be freaking scary. Because he's not I, asked to throw down field, and he got Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Doesn't really. I thought that I th- I I've thought similar. I said, you know what? If if Fields or Kyler find themselves without a home, Atlanta should be calling. Atlanta's a ready-made situation. I think that in a couple years they're going to be really tough to beat. And I think that like if if Justin if they if if they can go get Justin Fields, they should. Because, I mean, how much? What is he going to cost? Well, that's another thing. Do you go? Do you go get Caleb Williams if you're in Chicago? I don't think he'll come out. I don't think he'll come out for Chicago. I don't. I think well, he'll you, stay at then USC. Then you get Drake May. But do you? But like, do you? If you get Caleb Williams or Drake May, like, do you move on from Fields because it's like just up where your where your team's at, right? You like, have to. the The reality of the situation is, I don't think Chicago fans because they're so stupid in that stupid little city by Lake Michigan. Yeah, Lake Michigan, not Lake Illinois. Uh, <laughs> This, I think they were so stupid from the beginning because number one, Chicago sucks. The Bears suck. I told you on the podcast when you were telling me that Jermaine Edmonds should have been the Detroit Lion. I told you a million times, Tyler. I didn't like Tremaine uh, Edmonds. I, I'm a, and, and I got guy, hey, Anzalone. His, the way this, he's played has made me agree with you. Anzalone this really stepped guy, up. Tremaine Edmonds, is stealing money. Yeah. He is literally stealing money from the Chicago Bears, and it just tells you how big of a shit show the Chicago Bears are. But because- that's the thing: is it like, is, is it just, is it these players, or just Chicago is just such a shit organization? Like, well, I think I think number one, what you got with Chicago is is the opposite of Detroit. Number one, bro, they don't. What blows my mind: they've been a team like longer than like they're one of like the first what eight ten teams. Like they've yeah. been around forever, and they literally have never had a quarterback pass for four thousand yards. I don't even know if they've ever had someone pass for thirty five hundred yards. Because How the hell do you not slip and shit by accident and have one I guy think, I de- think, be decent for one fucking year? No, you got to understand though. Some of these organizations are so like, hell bent to be what their their predecessors were. Like I'm pretty sure the Chicago Bears are trying to build the eighty five Bears, but in today's day and age, that's just not going to work. Like you need an offense, and if you don't have, and if you look across the league, 
the one thing you extremely need is an offensive line to get to, to protect your quarterback, and you need a defensive line to get to the quarterback. And it just seems like the Chicago Bears said, oh, no, we're going to do it our way because our way is the best way. Well, that's exactly why you're the Chicago Bears. Right. You can't get pressure on the quarterback. You can't protect the quarterback. Justin Fields is back there running for his life. I feel bad for Justin Fields. I literally do feel bad for Justin Fields. It, it does feel like they're stuck in like the old head, like an old head situation. Like, hey, like let's do what works. Um, let's do what worked almost forty years ago. <laughs> that'll that'll be that'll be that's a good idea. Let's do what worked. No, like, it's it's like yeah. it's like the, it's like the Pistons sometimes. Like I let's feel do like, what worked when my mom was in high school. Let's, I feel uh, like let's, the, I feel like the Pistons do this a lot. Idea. Where they they try to get like especially Troy Weaver. I don't I don't know what he's doing, but like they they try to go back to this going to work Pistons, and it's like no, it's not it's not oh four anymore. Two thousand four. Move on. And there is no Rasheed Wallace available. There is no Chauncey Billups available. There is no Ben Wallace available. Come on. They don't make them like that anymore, man. You've got to get with the times. And Chicago Bears, for whatever reason, they just want to they wanna they wanna think it's nineteen. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna find you're not gonna find your 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 uh single Mike Singletary's and your Mike Ditka's and your um and your Walter Payton's. Like you're (laughs) you're not gonna do that anymore, man. That's why I'm glad I'm glad the Lions have built the way that they they built their their team. Like their offensive line, they built that offensive yeah. line. They built. Well, think about it. Like line. we, I don't know if we've ever had an identity, but finally someone took charge. They grabbed the team by the reins and say, "This is what we're doing. This is what we are now." Like, yeah, I, th- I think I think what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell really wanted is a is a team that's physical and a team that's going to attack is going to attack the uh, the point of attack. And um, when you look at this, when you look at this Detroit Lions team, what they do really, really well, and the way that Brad Holmes has built this team, I think a lot of people gave him grief for it because. You know, he drafted Lee McNeil in the third round. He drafted Lee Vanzarike, who we haven't really seen him get to the next level yet. But, you know, you see with Pascal in Houston that he he can draft talent. Obviously, at it, even with all the players that they're missing right now, uh, they're still sixth in the league in sacks. So they're getting to the quarterback. They're protecting the quarterback really well. They're the second-best offensive line in the NFL per pro football focus. And one of the things I take away from that is all you have to do is look at the accuracy numbers for Jared Goff. Jared Goff's accuracy numbers is 80%. Let me say that to you guys again. 80%. At the quarter mark, do you know how many quarterbacks have an 80% accuracy rating? One. Yeah. One. Yeah. And, that, and that quarterback has had the most drops in the NFL, and you can guess who that is. I feel bad for Mahomes. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like he's they have they built it the right way. Unlike Chicago, they actually put the the resources into the offensive line and the defensive line, and yeah. it's paying dividends right now. I want to give some love over to Brent. Panthers screwed up. They should have saved the draft picks and drafted a twenty four QB. Uh, for what they gave up, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, it's tough because I also don't feel like it's very fair to Bryce Young because he was also put in a bad situation. Right, but short quarterbacks. With no offensive line help and no receiver help, what, what? It's like it's like like it's like Chicago. They drafted Fields way too early because there was no foundation. It was like their idea is like, oh, let's go get this guy, and then eventually we'll find guys that can protect him and catch for him and do this and that for him. It doesn't. Sometimes it almost feels like you got to get that rookie quarterback or that young guy last. Yeah. Um, and and like I said, I bet you they're kicking themselves because you know what? If they would have waited. They would have had an opportunity to draft, most likely have an opportunity to draft Caleb Williams. 
Um, and it does suck. I mean, they gave up a lot to get there. That was a kind of a big time flunder. I mean, it was a smart move from the Bears. They got a, they got a lot from that. Um, it could be a I smart mean, move. Depends on how those draft picks work out. I mean, but the, the Panthers did fumble that a little bit. And I hope I hope teams like uh, Detroit in the future, when we're in that position to where we maybe, I hope we're never in the position where we are drafting in the top five for a long time. But if you get into a position where, say, our quarterback or somebody really big goes down for the year and we are forced to be in that position, I hope that, you know, we learn from these teams' mistakes. And I, I think it's just every year it's going to happen. There's going to be blunders. It's tough. Uh, but, um, you know, what makes the Carolina blunder about Bryce Young even worse is not only did they not get him the help. I mean, Adam Thielen's is number one of our receiver. That's that's horrible. Yeah. You're, you're just asking for trouble when uh, Adam Thielen is your number one wide receiver. Now, the problem is C.J. Stroud is excelling in Houston. Uh, hey, Anthony, I, hey, give me some. I've called that one. I you called did call that one. I called that one. Now, we were not both – we were not both all in on A.J. – I mean, Anthony Richardson. Right. But I got to give the kid props, man. This kid is looking yeah, better and Cole, better. Baby. He's looking and good. I, and he's getting better and better every week. And he's just a dog. Like, he literally yeah. is a dog. And, no, and, 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 like, not to get all soft and, and like, like always, like – praise these players for all this stuff but like dude he's a really really like good dude man like he yeah. doesn't he's a really great guy he does a lot for the community like he's such a leader and he is getting better and better like i uh to ar man he's doing his thing for real that game that game against la that was a really great game and he played a really good game and i thought he put the i think his ball placement is the number one reason uh dewan says what's up with claypool and he says is he just hurt or is he just mia and here's the MIA. thing, he's he, MIA. He's not that. He 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 not that dog, bro. He don't got that dog in him. That dude, that dude takes play more plays that off. Ch- that Chicago, that Chicago team though is is just wild to me because you have Claypool over here not come not showing up to work. Bro, they draft. They traded a, basically a first round pick, a thirty second overall that's, pick. That's when that's you know you're crazy. in trouble though. And, and I don't. I just. I just don't really understand what the Bears are doing. Like I, I just. I never. Just to put it in reference, I know it's a different situation because Moss was on some bullshit back in the day. But Randy Moss got traded for a fourth. Right. And and they the traded Bears for gave a, a thirty for second Claypool. for Claypool. That's insane. Claypool yeah. is not worth a first, but that's that's the way it goes. That's but uh, Jay Mommy, who is she's a great uh, commenter. She says, "I hope the Lions end up drafting thirty second. I'm with you." Hope so too, man. Let's go, Lions. Uh, Let's get it. And uh, she also says, uh, Goff is leading the league in 20 yard pass percentage. And that is one of the keys that I want to get to, Tyler. One of the things that people always said about Jared Goff was how he couldn't throw the deep ball. And I've always told people that I don't really worry about the arm strength. I worry about can you get it in the right spot for your wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, a guy like uh, a guy like J- Jamison Williams, you, it's, you're sometimes going to underthrow him. You just really are. He's way too fast, and you're not going to really gauge where he's where he's going. Tyreek effect. You're going to underthrow that guy. It's... But like, I like what Boomer Esiason said. I brought it up on the last podcast, but Boomer Esiason was saying with Tua, one of the things that makes him great is he knows where the wide receiver is going, and he can put it only where that guy is going. And he mentioned that Joe Montana was the same way. Joe Montana wasn't – he didn't have the most powerful arm in the world. And Tom Brady didn't have the most powerful arm in the world. What they did really extremely well, though, was they put the ball in the right place for their wide receiver to get the ball. And I thought that was interesting what he said about that because, obviously, he was in that era. He played in that era. He played against uh, Joe Montana. And that's that's what you get. But I, I've been more impressed with Jared Goff throwing the ball downfield 
you know, I think a lot of people want they want the arm strength, they want the Josh Allen effect, but I, I think it's more important that you have a quarterback that can get the ball in the right place at the right time. No, it is. Um, Randy, stop cutting him off. Hey, shut your ass up, Randy. Um, I want all the smoke tonight. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Woo. It's all good, man. Like I said, I'm just I'm just having fun. I'm just bullshitting. Wait, who's uh, cutting who, who's cutting who off? I don't know. We do that's hey, that's a podcast, bro. It happens. Um it, I've had episodes like today where I've cut you off quite a bit of times. There's been episodes where you've cut the shit out of me off. It just happens. It's, it's, we just, it's all love. We just go back and forth and just. It's all love. It's all love. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, uh, I've got a lot to be excited about. And uh, so sometimes that, that does, that does pour out. So I do apologize if I do cut you off from time to time, Joe, but I, uh, I think you do. Make good. Some really, you know, you make some good points, man, about the, the, the status of where this team's ass, uh, this ass, where they're at um, and, and where, you know, where golf is at as a quarterback. Um, G-Mommy said another thing being brought up is the Lions drafting captains that I believe really helps. We talk about that a lot during draft time. Um, a lot of his guys, like I think the one, I think last draft or the draft before every single player drafted was the team captain. And that is just going to bring tons of leadership. Um, I think that we have leaders on both sides of the ball, like crazy. We've got guys that are ready to just step up and show out. And, you know, golf has changed my opinion about, uh, He's really Salute changed DeJuan. my opinion on it. What's up, Dewan? Thank you, bro. You are um, official. We, uh, my my opinions have changed on golf. My opinions have changed on some of the players. Like you're allowed to change opinions on some of these players. No, you're not. And, 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 no, you're and, not. And they Go, that's what the fan not. base wants you to think. But they 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 deserve it, man. For real. Like, you know, from a guy who was thought to be like brought in as kind of like an add in throwaway, the, an add in to the staff yeah. trade, or exactly a throwaway. Like to come in here and to actually like. Like, dude, Goff's got a little bit of like Detroit swag to him. He's got like he called out uh, uh Fitzpatrick for calling him an off-brand. Uh, dude, I love, I love like, that. You know, the one thing I know about Jared, one thing the, when I hear Jared Goff talk to like ninety-seven-one, and when I, every time I hear him talk, he just he's kind of like a goofy ass, to be honest. Right. Like, no, no he's, wonder he's, he's like, like sarcastic. No, he's got that edge, you know. No wonder he's like just straight up like a dog with Kristen Harper. Like, no wonder. Like, this is this guy. Like, dude, this guy is like, he's like Ryan Gosling on steroids, but he he's going on me. I, I got I I, to I, I love Jared Goff. I have to ask you something. It, it, what does Jared Goff have to do? It, well, if he wins a playoff game, is, is it going to be, is he going to like finally, like in a lot of fans' eyes, like be that guy yeah. over Stafford? Like, is he going to over, is he going to pass Stafford if he gets a playoff yeah, one here in absolutely, Detroit? Absolutely, yeah. If he if he wins a playoff game, I, I think that he will t- he he will go over Stafford because of what he did for the fan base. Because I don't think the fan base, um, I don't think the fan I, I think the fan base is just so starved for a winner, and they've waited so long that the quarterback to do it is really gonna he's gonna reap the benefits of the angst of all the things. And Darcy, and Darcy, let me just say this to you right now. Let me just say this, your jabroni. Now you got banned from Facebook because you were being a jabroni. Now number number two, uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff has been playing fantastic, so I do like Jared Goff because I like to win. Yeah, I like to win. Well, I think, oh, that, like, I think this would be Armageddon. That would be nuts, one. dude. Oh, Goff and Stafford Goff the playoffs. Would be Stafford nuts. the playoffs. Oh my god! Can you I imagine think... the Stafford haters would be like, "That guy sucks," and then the Goff haters would be like, "Oh no, what do we do?" <laughs> It's it's funny because like I think Stafford will always be viewed as like the like the better like arm talent, 
Yeah. Like he'll always be like for the guys that love that rocket arm and like that gunslinger right. Brett Favre. Uh, like like they'll always be guys that like love Stafford. Oh, but, Stafford's like, always gonna have the always gonna have the better arm. I think he's had one of the better arms that we've but, seen. In but the what decade. can you what can you argue if Goff comes in here and God forbid goes to an NFC Championship, we're gonna be, like. It, we're going to lose our minds and it's going to be like, holy shit. You know, it took a guy that was a little bit more calculated and a little bit more of a team, you know, like had more, a little bit more chemistry yeah. and um, just was like, you know, cause Stafford had some good teams, but I definitely can't say that like he's had a full and complete team like Jared Goff is finally getting. So that, you no. know, I think that Stafford was good uh, under the circumstances. That he he'll always be, hey, he'll always have a place in our hearts, man. You know, as Lions fans, I love Matthew Stafford. I think he's a great player, and I think that the Lions did him wrong, especially the general managers. They didn't get him the protection he needed. They didn't get him the running game he needed, the defense that he needed. I really felt that they set him up to fail. And when he went to LA, that really proved my point all along. That you know, like if they would have gave him the tools to succeed, he would have succeeded. But with Jared Goff, the one thing that you know about Jared Goff is like, yeah, he does. He's not the flashiest player. Okay, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not. He's not. Um, he's not. Um, Josh Allen. He's not Trevor Lawrence. But there is a guy from New York that won two Super Bowls. Okay, and no matter how you think of him as a as a player, because he's kind of a goofy, goofy with his mouth open, the mouth breathing Eli Manning, which he's pretty funny on that Manning cast. But Eli Manning wasn't the greatest effing quarterback in the world, but he won two Super Bowls. And I'm pretty sure that there's no New York Giants that's going, hey, Phil Sims is better. No. Right. Phil Sims won him a Super Bowl too, but Eli won them two against Tom Brady. So, look, it doesn't matter about about your your, your talent or whatever. It, it just matters if you win. Yeah. And, and, that, and that alone will probably get Eli into the Hall of Fame, just the fact that he beat Tom Brady twice. And Darcy, and comes, back. Darcy comes back with some more. Sorry to cut you off. I know I, I got to cut you off. No, you're before, good. But this guy, he just can't no, stop. You know, with Hooker his, is our future. He just can't stop with the Henry Hooker stuff. Like, he just can't stop with it. Now, <laughs> I, I am a Tennessee fan. He is oppo golf. He throws the ball a million feet. He can't hit a short route on times that you need it. He can't hit an intermediate route when sometimes when you need it. And then he's bombing it downfield to Cedric Tillman. No. Now go I, I do like I think there's a lot that Hendon Hooker can learn from Goff, and I'm excited. I'm I'm not ex- I shouldn't say excited is the word. I'm curious to see what the Hendon Hooker experiment will end up being at the end of it when it's all said and done. If he's just a backup, I'm good with it. Right. If he's a starting quarterback, uh, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that if Jared Goff gets you to a playoff game, he wins a playoff game. Oh my God! Like you're you're screw yeah. Hendon Hooker. Yeah, Hendon if, Hooker could be the backup. If, for for all those golf haters, because uh, Jay mommy likes to call them uh, golf balls, like goofballs that want them gone. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if if the Lions, if the Lions win a single playoff game this year, Jared Goff will get an extension. I mean, I think he gets one no matter what. Right. But his price goes up if he wins the playoff game for the Lions, and we're gonna be forking out some hopefully not insane money. But I see a Daniel Jones contract. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, so uh, well, the, well. Here's the thing: if Jared Goff wins, if Jared Goff goes to the Super Bowl, if the Lions go to an NFC Championship game, you got to put your yourself in the position and say, "Look, Jared Goff is your future." It doesn't matter how you look at him. Darcy you, said, "No, stop, no." Okay, <laughs> it doesn't matter how you think, though, because if this guy wins, I mean, look at the quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, just look at the quarterbacks in the NFL. Never mind. 
that Desmond Ritter is starting for the Atlanta Falcons when he should not be starting. Right. Never mind the fact that Baker Mayfield, the revelation, is starting in Tampa Bay. Never mind that you have a quarterback that is better than Dak Prescott, who Dak Prescott gets all this oh, love about how great of a quarterback he is because he plays for the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, time, another similar situation. Ryan Tannehill, uh, Ryan Tannehill is is made by Vrabel. And then you got, like, okay, there's so many bad quarterbacks in the NFL, too. There's so many bad quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Do not put yourself in that position just to say, we want a new quarterback. Because what happens is, if you take that chance, yes, you could be the Chiefs and you can go from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. But you could the also likelihood is not. Yeah. But you could also go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Right. Or right. you could go from Aaron Rodgers jet version to Zach Wilson. Like right. the drop off is huge. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Jared Goff is this great player, but it, it, I think I think that people just need to they need to chill out with the, the golf stuff because I think golf is a really good quarterback for this team. Now Dewan says Dak and Herbert are overrated in my humble opinion. Now I will give you Dak. Dak, Dak yes. Overrated. I I think Herbert's issue is that like he doesn't really like he is a great quarterback stuck in a bad coach, bad coaching scheme, bad coaching situation. It's hard. I think that Dak Prescott is just like I'm talking about Herbert, not Dak. Dak, oh, no, Dak, no, no. Dak Herbert, is overrated. I Herbert, don't I'm not a huge fan of Dak. Right. Herbert, Herbert is stuck in a bad situation. He has a great team. He puts up good numbers. He has Brandon Frickin' Staley as his coach. You know who I you know who I I, I I tie Herbert to? And correct me if I'm wrong with this take, Tyler. I told it to a couple guys I work with at Detroit Diesel. I told them that. Uh I, I think Herbert is more like Matthew Stafford the early years. Yeah, and, no, and yeah. People, people think because look at he's with a team in an organization that really just doesn't do anything right. That was Alliance. Uh, he's with a he's with a coach that is an absolute buffoon. How many coaches that we have had buffoons in Detroit? Uh, Schwartz, uh, Caldwell, um, Caldwell with the time management just killed me. Yeah. It was amazing. He wasn't a horrible coach. I mean, we had uh, we had you know um, he was a good coach. We had, he just we had he, Steve Mariucci. We had Rod Marinelli. We had freaking. I'm talking with staff. I'm talking about the staff. Okay, here. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we had freaking yeah. Quinn Trisha, obviously. Oh, we had the we had Matt Patricia, that big fat dummy, <laughs> and um, and, <laughs> that's the guy who made that's the guy who got Matthew Stafford traded. That yeah. big that big fat dummy that was supposed to be a, a rocket scientist. Where he. That, he you robbed. He robbed I'm, Matthew Stafford of what we could have, like what we could have given him. Look, at, I think Matthew Matt Patricia. I think Matt Patricia is the equivalent of a guy that got his uh, degree at like the Vrye University, and he's like, he's like, yup, I got my degree. It's like, bro, you got it from the Vrye University, okay? You didn't get it from the University of Michigan. You didn't even go to University of Flint. You went to the Vrye. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Uh. Kayla Williams uh, was just considered a little bit better than Hendon. A little bit better. Caleb Williams might be like one of the best quarterbacks in the generation. Brent, I'm sorry, Brent. Uh, Caleb Williams is generational, man. He's up there on like Mahomes. Dude, I love Caleb Williams to the point to where like whenever he's on, I just tune in. I'm like, this kid is just. There's there's three guys who I've actually true. I've considered to be like truly generational prospects in the last like 15 years. Give me that him. is give me Andrew Luck, Trevor yep. Lawrence, Caleb yep. Williams. Yup. Those are three guys. I think they're you're right. Yeah. Like those guys are all considered to be like generational prospects. Like every year there's always something. 
there's always some guy that says some sort of something about like this guy's, you know, the best and this guy's the greatest. He could be number one overall pick, but truly generational, like descendant quarterbacks. You're talking like your Andrew Lux, your Peyton Mannings, your Trevor Lawrence's like your, and then this year it's going to be Caleb Williams. Like if they're, I know it's very dangerous to throw around sometimes the word like, like surefire and can't miss, but he's, he's, he's close. Damn yeah, he's close. close. Like, and Darcy, you haven't seen nothing yet, my brother. You haven't seen nothing yet. Uh, uh, Williams, he, uh, Dewan says, yeah, Williams got the glow. You know what? I, I always say this with, with people, though, is like what Caleb Williams really showed me was when he was getting his ass kicked against, I think it was Utah, and he just kept coming back in that game and coming back, and they lost in overtime. And that tells tell me everything I need to know. I think I think you learn a lot about a quarterback when they're, they're forced to be, uh, to play, you know, they're, they're forced to go in a shootout. And I think you, we've seen that with Jared Goff before. I think Caleb Williams at uh, USC, he's showing that he's a legit, uh, like, dog. And I think uh, I think a lot of people, that if you're if you're looking at a quarterback, you want a guy that's going to bring you back instead of bring you, you know, bring you, like, back to the pack. Yeah, and, yeah, man, uh, I just – I really hope for our sake that the Bears don't end up with Caleb Williams because that, – that, that, Now, what would, make, now what, what, what would make me so happy – it would just make me so happy because I don't like Chicago. I think Chicago is a dumb city full of dumb people, and they color that stupid river green, and it, it's a stupid city with green water, and – they, they're on the side of Lake Michigan, and they got that stupid stadium called Soldier Field, which is pretty cool, by the way. But it's where the Bears play, so screw it. And and, and, and I hope that Caleb Williams goes, hell no, I don't want to go to Chicago. Now, my fear is that what I read earlier was that he would want he wouldn't want to go to the Vikings, the Raiders, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings, that would be an interesting situation for him. If they yes, Jay, mommy, that was the game against Utah where he was he was walking around like like uh like like someone's grandma, and he just he's completing passes all over the field. And now you know what? Another person, Tyler, that you you need to know, if you guys don't watch Taj Washington from USC, this kid, I swear to God, he got some a little bit of Tyreek Hill in him. He is just he's a freaking he's like five foot eleven. And this kid just goes everywhere. He's just he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, what were you saying? I was just saying you. Uh, it's been a lot to go around. Been a lot of emotion this pod, man. I uh, people I'm, people are loving people are I'm, loving the continuity. I'm excited. They're loving man. me trashing Darcy because I, I haven't I haven't got like I haven't been able to be like at this time last year. We're discussing like. Damn near draft picks, bro. No, you know, you know what, you know what's funny. I actually listened to one of our podcasts from last year, and I was, I was like, man, we were so sad. Like we were real, we were legitimately it's sad. Ch- it's finally changing, brother. It's finally like, changing. Like Tyler was like, I thought, listen to Tyler. Like if they were playing the Sarah McLaughlin music, like in the arms of an angel, like that's what Tyler was looking like. He was looking like he was like a little lost puppy dog in in the Humane Society. Like he really needed some. He really needed some loving because his team wasn't giving the love. It now, if you're a Chicago fan and you your team sucks, I'm glad. Right. Now those assholes got kind of bedard, so I, I really can't. I really can't trust those guys anymore. Like, but no, man, I'm 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 super pumped, and I I'm just I'm happy that the the 
I'm happy for you guys, like the fans and, and for us, you know, because we just finally have a product on the field that's worth cheering about and being excited about. Like the front office, front office is great. The players are great. The yeah. the coaching staff is great. Like the owner's great. Like this is like all around time, like best time to be a Lions fan. And like, sure, you can jump on the bandwagon, but the real ones will know. The real ones who stuck around will know. And we're going to be there. You know, we've been there and we'll continue to be there. But Dan, does it feel good to finally be like excited to be a Lions fan? I swear to God, I was like ready to show up with a bag on my head at one of their games. <laughs> like a couple years ago, man. I'm so. I feel like, I, you know, we usually we usually give our closing thoughts at this time. But um, I feel like we're, we're turning a corner through the whole city of Detroit. And I'm gonna, I have a post coming out pretty soon about how like these teams are faring. But, like, I really feel like this whole city is turning around at the same time. I think the Red Wings are going to be good this year. I think they're really going to be good. This year. I think they're going to be surprising people. And, and Cindy just wants to fight me on that, but I'll get her ass back, too, like I did you, Tyler. And uh, and, and I think the Pistons are going to come around. I think Caden, Jaden, Jalen, and, and Sir Thompson, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, but the Tigers, Kerry Carpenter, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, they got some good players. Like, look, if you're a Detroit sports fan, it's a good time to be in Detroit. The last decade was like you were the puppy dog in the Humane Society commercial with Sarah McLaughlin music. You were the Sarah McLaughlin music. You were you were the puppy dog that was like just sad. Just oh my god, you're crying like just watching that commercial. But now you're starting to get to the point where you're like you're like this. You're like you're starting to walk around. You're starting to be like, look, I own this shit. I own this shit. Yeah, I really do. No, it's nice, man. I, I like it, man. I love it a lot. It, like I said, it, it's exciting. It gives you a reason to tune in on Sundays, even though we all were loyal, man. We're all faithful. We all, we all, we all stay tuned in. But it gives you a little extra now, and, and just uh, I, I'm happy for the city of Detroit. I'm happy for the fans. I'm happy for the players. Like, let's keep this shit going, man. Let's keep the momentum high. Um, let's win some games. Let's let's uh, man, let's get to the playoffs uh, for the first time in the in what six seven seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, let's get back there and, and let's win a damn game, man. Like, I cannot wait to be running playoff pods, bro. I cannot wait. We're gonna be like, hey, man, do you see that? Uh, do you see that game we won against the Cowboys first round of the playoffs, where uh, you know David Montgomery had fifty six carries, man, for one hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Hey, good, good, good pod, Brent. Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. Everyone that was watching today, we appreciate it. We went well, an hour and a half today. We yeah, were just hyped. Awesome. We were hyped on Mountain Dew. Now, I, you know, we're going to get to our closing thoughts right now. But, Tyler, go with your closing thoughts because the people need to get to bed, man. It is 930. Well, it's 923 at night. We're, we're, still, we're still on the edge of great timing. But you get to your closing thoughts. Yeah. Um, the... the I feel like the closing thoughts are very similar every week for me, and I want to kind of change it up. Yeah, change um, it up, you asshole. <laughs> like, no, for real. Like, it's always more sentimental based. And, and, like, I'm basically, right now, my closing thoughts are, hey, it's harder to stop a train than it is to, like, start one up, right? Keep the momentum high. Like, let's keep this shit going, man. Let's keep the energy high. Let's keep the momentum flowing. Let's keep the, um, the, the, the winds coming in, man. Let's keep uh, the, the, the talks being positive. What are you, what are you Ernest Hemingway with this, this trains coming and, no, and everything? No, let's, we, it, listen, it's momentum. Like for, the first time, for the first time in a while, for real, like dead serious, for the first time in a long time, we actually have real tangible momentum. Like yeah. ride the shit out of this, bro. Like 
let's go in there and win a couple games that maybe we wouldn't have won before. And let's just ride this train until we literally, you know, hit a wall. And then you can kind of stop and reassess. Like if we can rattle off a win streak to start the season versus like trying to fight and claw our way into the postseason after losing six in a row. Like, man, if we can rattle off a big win streak and separate ourselves from the North and we can keep our foot on the gas and we can like show, we can flex and show our muscle. Like, it's about damn time, bro. I think, like, all these players have this grit mentality, these coaches, these players. Everybody is finally ready for us to, like, flex on everybody and say, this is our show, this is our division, this is our conference, this is our league. So, like, get out there, flex your big boy muscles, and let's ride this momentum, and let's go Let's go on a win streak, baby. Let's ride this shit out. Yeah, you know, my closing thoughts are going to be really – I think they're going to be brief today. Usually I go on, like, a little tirade. Well, actually, I still can go on tirade. I still got some energy flowing through my veins right now. I don't know what the hell it was. Maybe it was a Diet Pepsi that I drank. I don't know what the hell's going on. But the reality of the situation is this. I want all Lions fans, if you're watching still, we got some Lions fans still. I want you to stop acting like old Lions fans. Please, stop acting like old Lions fans. Number one, please do not say SOL. I think SOL is the dumbest term in the world. Now, I know I get the premise of it, but this is not the same old lines, and they proved that to you with the way that they started. Now, they have to keep it up, but, but, they, but they've but they showed you that it's not the same old lines, and Dan Campbell has, has instituted a, a culture that is showing you SOL is dead. Now, number, number two, I want people to stop, like, uh, just, like, making these baseline expectations for shit that is so unrealistic. Like, like Jamison Williams being Tyreek Hill. He don't have to be Tyreek Hill. He just has to, has to be great. He has to be good. Um, Emmanuel Mosley doesn't have to be the second coming of Richard Sherman. Okay? That's not going to happen. Um, just, just keep it down tight. The third thing is this. If you're going to Ford Field, I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to look at you in the camera right now. If you're going to Ford Field and I see any of you sitting down, I hope someone comes up to you and says, you suck. You are a loser. No wonder no one wants to be with you. No wonder your wife left you a couple years ago. You are the total aptitude of a loser. Because I, if you're going to the Lions game, you should be hyped as hell because you actually have a team that you can actually believe in, that you could actually cheer for. Because, I mean, let's be honest, when you let the last couple of years you went to Ford Field, like through the whole time we've had Ford Field, not much to cheer for. Let's be honest. Not much to cheer for. You might have a home playoff game, and you idiots better be ready. Now, I'm talking to you idiot SOL fans because you idiots better be ready because if there is a home playoff game, you better be ready because that this is a, this Lions team is really turning the corner. I think every team in this division, I mean, this city is turning the corner, and, and I think that there, it's only going to get better for us all uh, pretty soon. And, um, Tyler, it's been a great show. Uh I appreciate you for obviously coming on. I know that you're, you, uh, you just, you know, you were in the car for a minute. You ordered Panda Express. Yeah. Like I said, hello, late night. We saw that Tyler calls pop soda, which is so, which is so hurtful. It's so hurtful. No, I had, like I said, uh, I had a late night at work, man. But uh, you know what? Uh, um, my I, favorite listen, thing I, is- I do not want to hear excuses from you, Tyler. My, my favorite no, thing about my favorite thing to do, man, outside of uh, in my, my favorite thing in the whole wide world, man, is Lions football. So, like, it means a lot to like kick it with you guys and chop it up, man, and, and bullshit uh, every week with you, Joe. And like, 
just taking like, and I, oh, I love it, man. I love the, I love the people that agree. I love the people that disagree. I love the criticism. I love the fun, the poking fun, bullshitting. It's, uh, it's just such a great time. And, and like, what an amazing time to actually, uh, be a Lions fan, bro. So like, listen, I, whether I'm in the car, I'm in a plane, I'm on a train, you know, trains, planes, and automobiles, I will find a, here, go, a here goes this guy again. again with his, I will make a, I will find a way to make it on this damn pod and, and hang Can out. You with tell, the Hey, all the you best guys, fans and all, all you guys. Sports. Can you can you tell if this guy is a salesman? The best tell? fans in all of sports. Baby. Can you tell? The Detroit Lions. This fans. guy is a salesman. Okay. All right. It was a great. <laughs> it was a great podcast, Tyler. Uh, we'll do it again. Obviously, uh, we gotta get back to our, our post game uh, games because I think that we would really chomp it up. Uh, that'd be a really good podcast. And Darcy's banned for like 24 days, so we we got to start doing this this, this uh, postseason. Uh, we got to keep doing that shit because yes, people love it. All right, Tyler, we will see you guys in the next podcast. I'll do my injury. I'll do my game day game day preview probably Friday when the injury report comes out because uh, we all know that the injury report changes everything. Uh, Tyler, I don't. I think I think we're all in agreement that they should beat Carolina. So I'm not going to even ask yeah. you. So yes, sir. Uh, ass whooping, bro. 3810. Woo! Yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. All right. Uh, Tyler, we will see you. Everyone that's watching, I appreciate you for watching. We all appreciate you. You are just the diamond in the jewel, and we love it. So we will see you guys in the next podcast. I'm hey, wait, 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 wait. Before wait, you go, what? Give, give me a score. Uh, I'm going 42 10. Damn. Okay, let's go. Now listen. Only tutties. I am going to put a same game parlay together that is going to be so freaking epic. It is going to be epic. Now, last week, Sam Laporta freaking screwed me with that drop pass at the end of the game. That would have won me not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, not, not ten. That would have won me four grand. Damn it, Sam Laporta. You owe me four grand. There you All go. All right, y'all. I'll see you guys. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. Thank you for watching. This is the Detroit Lions News Podcast.